When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. What a season of below deck down under. Oh my God. This whole thing with Luke and Laura and the removed, which I mean is coinciding with Bethany Frankel's reality reckoning. It's crazy. Mind you, now stuff is surfacing about Gary King's rumored alleged sexual misconduct. And I think the way that Captain Jason and Aisha handled this situation was so epic. Which brings me to sharing today's chat with Aisha Scott. We had Aisha on earlier this year, all the way at the beginning of this year. And we talked about this season of Below Deck Down Under. Now, of course, I'm going back and listening to this and I'm like, did she foreshadow? I mean, you know, it was already basically filmed, but like, did she give anything away during this chat? I thought it was such a great day. The summer is over. I'm sorry to tell everyone. Everyone to share this chat with Miss Aisha Scott. And we talk about Below Jack from the past too. So if you haven't already heard this, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat with Miss Aisha Scott. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Aisha Scott. What is going on? I mean, how? thank you for connecting with us all the way from New Zealand. How is life today in New Zealand? Wet, wet, wet. Thank you for having me because it's giving me something to do indoors. We're in a tropical storm at the moment, so it just won't stop raining. Something is going on in the world because I'm in LA and it's like, it's pouring. It's been pouring here for days. Someone said there's some cyclone or something that's in the area. I don't 
It's something's going on. We're getting, we're meant to be getting a cyclone next week. It's just the world, the world is crying. We've it's, done something. We've done something, but you know, like with all, you know, the weather conditions you've, you know, faced on below deck, like you're used to it, right? Oh, totally. It's just one of those things where, um, you know, guest guests come first and no matter what, you've got to make it happen. So I'm very used to just making things happen. Rain, hail, shine. Well, look, congratulations are in order. Like Galley Talk, the new season, January 6th, you're a part of it. How much fun is it being part of Galley Talk? Oh my goodness. It's literally the best job I've ever had in my life. We're paid to sit on a couch and eat and get drunk and watch Below Deck. Like, could you think of a better way to get paid? No, I actually cannot. And because they, you know, they ask what you feel like eating each episode. And you, I mean, I think the worst part of it is that you have to roll out the door afterwards because we're filming three episodes in a day and each one we get a new round of Uber Eats because, you know, it's a different time. Um, And so I've just finished a curry and then I've got this massive salad to eat and then I've got this to eat. And it's just a really wonderful time. I mean, that's not bad. You sit there, they're like, here's your menu, pick out whatever you want. Let's just sit here and eat and drink and get paid, right? Exactly. And I I genuinely get so excited about filming because Below Deck Season 10 is so good. The characters make me feel so many things and I just can't wait to see what happens next. This is, it's such a good season of Below Deck. I mean, listen, it's been a few years since we first met you on season four of Below Deck Med. I mean, a lot has changed for you since then. Like, that was right before the pandemic. Like, how has just the yachting industry changed, like, from the whole pandemic? Like, has it bounced back? Where is it today? You know what? I It's actually, I think the yachting industry and just work as a whole it's kind of got into a difficult place with yachting because with the pandemic, it took away a lot of experienced uh, yachties because a lot of people that were maybe on the fence or thinking, oh, I'm, you know, a couple more years and I'll be done. The pandemic kind of gave them a time to actually just decide to quit. So the, the industry lost a lot of experience. And then they had an influx of all these new people, but very entitled new people. And so, you know, for example, my sister is a chief stew and she really struggles because there's really such a lack of experience to choose from. And then you finally choose someone and you're like, okay, um, you've got the job. Can you start on Monday? Like she had this one girl, (laughs) she had this one girl and it was kind of like she was picking the best of the worst because no one had any experience. And she said, we're delighted to offer you the job. We'd love you to start 9am Monday. Uh, see you here. We'll give you a uniform. And the girl was like, oh, actually, I'm pretty busy that day. I'll see you Tuesday afternoon. And I could not believe it. But that's what's happening to not just the industry, but I feel like work in general, is we're getting a very entitled, precious group of young people coming up, which on the one on the one hand, like a bit of that is good because you do need a work-life balance. But on the other hand, it's like, we've just offered you anything job. Like, be grateful, be here at this time, work hard. But they're like, when's my holiday? When's my break? And it's just getting really difficult to hire people, to be honest. 
I I agree. Like I've had people work on this podcast with me. I mean, they're working for me and I'm like, why am I tiptoeing around all of these younger people that like, I'm like, well, I don't really want you to quit, but like, I am asking you to do this because it's your job. Like it's a strange work environment these days. It is. It's like the, it's, I mean, and I'm probably going to get people all angry about this, but I feel like people are so entitled and so lazy now and it's it's almost like you're the asshole for wanting them to work hard. But it's like I'm, you're hired to do a job, do the job yeah. to the best of your ability. And it's because for me, I've always been in the mind frame of if I'm going to be paid to do a job, I'm going to do it as good as I possibly can. Whereas I think the mindset now is, oh, unless you double my pay, I'm just going to go at whatever pace I want. And it's like, it shouldn't work like that. So many people need work at the moment. And especially like in a service industry, like yachting, like that's the attitude is everything, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Because yachting, I think is truly one of the hardest industries in the world. You have to work so like you're literally running for 16 hours a day during the season. And it's just frustrating because if you get someone who's not pulling their weight or is this sounds silly, but literally not walking fast enough, then that means the rest of the team has to make up for it and they have to work harder. And that's not fair. No, it's not. When you look back at your time on like below deck med and like now below deck down under, which we'll get into for in a second, like what, like does something stand out as the highlight for you out of your whole Bravo filming below deck experience? Um, I honestly think, I think my highlight is season two that's coming out soon. I I mean, well, I think second to that would be season four. Obviously, my first time being on a show. Um, I hadn't watched Below Deck prior to that, so I didn't really have any idea what I was getting myself into. Um, it was like all of my dreams were coming true. So that was absolutely amazing. But then, yeah, I think season two was such a special season for me of Down Under because I really felt like I nailed the season. Season one of Down Under, I was stressed the whole time. Like every night when I got into bed, I woke up every hour just drenched, like wet, wet, wet and sweat. I was so anxious, which is so unlike me. But it was just such such a big boat. My first time being Chief Stew, Magda didn't give a shit. Ryan was such a douche. And it was just, it was so stressful and so hard. But the second season, I feel like I had the experience. I had a slightly smaller boat. Um, I just felt like I had a better handle on things. And I found the experience much more fulfilling and fun. And like, I really did a good job. And it really was just because you were chief stew as opposed to like second stew. And that was a huge part of it, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like having that control. But yeah, as I say, like my first Chief Stew season, I just felt like I was still really coming into that role. Um, So I felt much more comfortable in it in the second season. And you feel like you've achieved so much more because you are the leader. You are the one that's responsible. Do you have like a low or just like one regret that stands out either from like med or down under just something that kind of is something you regret that you've done or how you handled something or just a low of the whole experience? Um, I would say my only regret would be letting Ryan and Magda get away with 
things for as long as they did, you know, and, and, you know, and so many people praise me for it. They're like, wow, you've got so much patience, blah, blah. But when I look back, I'm like, I feel like I've got too much patience for being in a leadership role because at the end of the day, it's my job to make sure everything's running efficiently and swiftly. And I really should have said something to Jason sooner or, put my foot down a lot sooner but it was in the case of for example Ryan he was just so inexperienced and so terrible that I couldn't I didn't actually know what to do with him because I'd never dealt with a chef that's that behind before and so I was like what do I train him do I I just I didn't actually really know how to deal with it and I should have gone to Jason sooner the wait is over that's right season five of the Kardashians is here just when you thought life couldn't get any faster they're punching it into overdrive Chris Courtney Kim Chloe Kendall and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Summer's over, kids are going back to school, your summer vacation is done, everything's changing, but one thing that hasn't changed is my motion sickness. Still have it, but none of that matters because I have relief band. Have you ever had to pull over because someone in your car was nauseous? Well, you won't have to if you have a relief band. Relief band is the number one FDA-approved anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, hello, morning sickness and even chemotherapy. It's literally a band you wear on your wrist that gives you relief from nausea and it uses technology that works with your body. So it's safe, drug-free and has zero side effects. It really is that simple and it works. I use it. So think about it. If you always have a flashlight on hand for a blackout or a first aid kit on hand for emergencies, well, then you need a relief band on hand for those unexpected nausea moments. Right now, I have an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code velvet you get 20% off plus free shipping so head to r-e-l-i-e-f-b-a-n-d.com and use our promo code velvet for 20% off plus free shipping how often do you guys shop online if you're like me it's a lot and that's why Rakuten is my favorite new website I love Rakuten because I earn cash back I'm a member on everything that I buy it's really that simple Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 4,200 
200 stores across every category. Beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets. When I joined Rakuten, I realized I was already shopping at all these stores that they have on their website. So I'm thinking, why not get cash back while doing it? I just bought a whole bunch of new fall clothes from Bloomingdale's, but instead of going to Bloomingdale's.com, I went to Rakuten and then that took me to Bloomingdale's.com. How much cash back did I get? 2%. Rakuten has so many stores on their website. Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, The Gap, Banana Republic, Nike, Neiman Marcus. That's right. Right now, if I went to Nike, I would get 8% cash back just for buying something that I was going to buy anyway. You could even buy your groceries on Rakuten. So do you need to buy something online right now? If so, stop. Go to Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Did you see your career like, so after Below Deck Med, like, did you see your career change? Like, what did, did you have a huge positive uptick? Like, what is... Like, what is the effect of being on Below Deck in the actual working industry? Is it mostly positive? Can it be negative if someone goes on and, you know, is lazy, doesn't do a good job on national TV, is always drunk, hooking up with charter guests? Like, what's the effect of Below Deck and what did it have on your career? Yeah, so definitely if you go on the show and you're an asshole or you treat people bad, that sticks, man, you know, especially in the states where you're trying to get work and stuff people talk and unfortunately if you mess up once on the tv it's like that's your brand then you know and I and I it always boggles me that I mean not that my nothing that I do is put on but it always just blows my mind that people cut will come on the show and act like absolute tools and not think to themselves like this is literally now it's almost worldwide like every so many countries around the world watch this show um so unfortunately that's kind of what you get branded as and it sticks but luckily for me I've had such positive feedback I've got the most amazing fans Uh, I get the most lovely messages and I truly have had almost no hate or bullying or anything it's all just been super positive and so for me and actually, people are always like, oh, if you go on, if you go on below deck, you're going to ruin your yachting career, which first of all, I'm like, I don't want to be a yachty until I'm 60. Who fucking cares? Um, and second of all, it actually has helped it because a lot of the time when I've applied for jobs, the owners or the owner's friends have been like, oh my gosh, we love her. She's from the show. And and they love that you've come on. I mean, even my sister's, my sister gets annoyed because she gets guests that come on. And she looks a little bit like me and they always ask, oh, are you, do you know Aisha? And she'll be like, oh, she's my sister. And they won't stop going on about it and they want to get me on the boat. And so people actually find it really exciting and I think it helps with the work. And then in terms of my career as a whole, I mean, I want to have a TV career. So, it's yeah, it's just really helped me. I've got a following. I get lots of cameos. It's opened opportunities. Right. It's led to galley talk. Yeah, exactly. It's truly the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's so awesome. What was it like when you were on Met as a second student working with Captain Sandy? Oh, it was awesome. You know what? Second, being the second student on the Med, 
God, it's easy. Now that I'm the chief stew, I'm like, fuck, being second is so easy. It was just like a holiday almost. Like, obviously, you're working really hard, but not having that responsibility and just taking orders is so relaxing. Um, but I think with Sandy, we we actually have a much closer relationship now that I'm like chief stew and I'm not second because I think when I was on the boat with her as second especially in season four it was very much a captain stew relationship and I think because Hannah who was above me wasn't living up to her expectations I felt like kind of the the interior as a whole wasn't getting that much praise and that really frustrated me because I knew that I was doing such a good job and working so hard and I and I actually I don't know if you remember but in season four I actually said at the at the end dinner I feel like we didn't get enough praise and that was my low and I and I don't know I feel like that hurt Captain Sandy a bit which I probably regret that too but I just felt frustrated that we weren't getting um praise and that kind of stemmed from Hannah but now that I've left the show Sandy and I have a great friendship. I went up to Denver a couple months ago to have dinner with her and Leah, and I just think she's wonderful. She's such a good human. And you think what, because you said it at the end of season four, like you kind of regret it. Like you just felt like it hurt Sandy's feelings of like, we're not yeah. doing enough. Yeah, and I really didn't mean it to, and I don't think it was until I looked back that I thought that she might have looked a little bit hurt. And she actually, I think she's actually said that she felt bad because her not giving the interior praise was focused at Hannah and she didn't want me to feel like I wasn't doing oh yeah she actually said to me when I went to give her the hug the next day when I was walking off she was like I hope that you know like I think that you have done such an amazing job but I felt like I just needed to vent that because all season it was just like interior stepping up interior stepping up and I was like what the fuck like I'm working my ass off I'm doing everything right you're like, I, this doesn't get any better than this, right? Yeah, exactly. So it really irritated me. But no, it was fine. And she's, yeah, and her, she's amazing. Her partner's Leah is amazing. And yeah, they're really great. Now that you have worked on Below Deck as a first two Below Deck Down Under with Captain Jason, like, wh- what do you feel about Hannah and Bugsy, who are both of your chief stews? Like, how do you feel they handled being chief stew? I honestly think both of them did such a wonderful job because it's really hard to explain to people what kind of pressure you are under, you know, because running a boat in itself is so hard and we are literally arriving to the boat the day before. So we've only just seen the boat. We have to fully provision. We've only just met our team. So we've got no idea how anyone works. And we're just thrown into the situation where, I mean, the chief stew really does run everything. You're responsible for everything. It's all on you. Everyone's looking to you, asking you questions. So you've got that, which is so difficult in itself. And then on top of that, because the cameras are rolling, I mean, you've got you've kind of got to remember we are trying to create this entertaining show, and so you don't you don't but you it's not that I change my personality or anything, but often in yachting, I people I remember on some boats people would be like say goodbye to Asia the season's starting because I take my job so seriously that when the season would start I'd kind of go into this real work zone and it was just serious like work 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 and so I have to remember to to bring in leave my own personality there 
while I'm thinking a million billion things in my head. And that's actually a really difficult thing to juggle. Because yeah. when you're that busy, it doesn't leave much space for joking around. And so I have to remember, like, leave your personality, bring it back, bring it back. That's good, though. It means you're a good worker and you like your job and you're dedicated to your job. Yeah. And so I think, thank you. And I really do love my job so much. And so I think when you put all those things together and you you realize how difficult it is. I think anyone that is able to pull it off has done an amazing job. So the fact that Hannah did five seasons worth of that, I really take my hat off to her because that's five grueling seasons. Did you have a preference of Hannah or Bugsy as your chief stew? No, I would be happy with either. I mean, that's... actually though, I would, well, it's different. I would be happy with either, but I actually think that I would lean towards Bugsy because Bugsy is so good at table decor and all of her creativity and Hannah isn't, which we have openly said to each other. And I suck. I hate table decor. I hate the creative side. And so I always like to delegate that. So if, if I had Bugsy, she can do all that. And then I can do all the drinks and serving. And Bugsy wrote a whole book on it. So there you go. She- Dude, her tablescapes, because in season five, when I was working with her, I just would, her and Toomey, I would look at their tables and I'm like, how the actual fuck does this come out of someone's brain? I just am not that way inclined. I can do, I can do nice tables if I've spent a long time on a boat and I really know the decoration cabinet, like inside out. And I've had time to kind of build a build like a repertoire of things that I rotate between but if I'm just chucked in there and given a box and being like make something amazing there's no way it's just it's 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 a hard skill I'm not very good at it either yeah what about you know in season five of med like you know you came in like once Bugsy was like promoted and you know Captain Sandy got rid of Hannah you know that was such a tense moment in like the show's history like what was the atmosphere actually like being there? You know, like it was it as tense as it seemed to the viewer? No, well, I didn't I didn't find it tense. Um, because I came in and I had no idea what had happened because they didn't tell me anything. And I was like, oh, Hannah's not here. And and also like I'm such a goody good. And they said to me before I went, they're like, you can't tell anyone, like, don't tell Hannah, whatever. And so I hadn't actually told her that I was going, which seems silly because we're such good friends and we tell each other everything now. But I, at that point in time, I just, I didn't say anything. So it wasn't actually until maybe a week and a half in, I was like, where is Hannah? Why is Hannah not here? And then they kind of skirted around. No one really wanted to say anything, but I just didn't really care. I'm one of those people. I really mind my own business. So I, I, I saw that no one wanted to say anything and I just was like, Oh, whatever. And carried on with it but I think what I found hard with season five it wasn't that it was more the crew in general it was a really hard crew to gel with and I think that they kind of showed that as well on the episodes you know I'd go in and I was trying to chat to people and make jokes and it's just no one had very good banter I just yeah and, and everyone had kind of coupled up and there were other tensions there that just made it hard to slot in Right. It wasn't just the whole Hannah thing, but nobody wanted to talk about Hannah and where she was. It just kind of no one wanted to get into it. Nah, just kind of went under the radar. And then, you know, and then Jess started hating on me because because I apparently touched Rob's butt. So that kind of ended up trumping everything. 
Yes, it did. All of you who listen to this podcast on the regular know two things about me. I love reality TV and I love coffee. I mean, how many cups of coffee do I drink on average here per show? Three. But what you guys may not know is that the only coffee I love is Starbucks. I love everything about a Starbucks. Do you know that I'm such a regular here in East Hampton at my Starbucks that in the morning when I go in, I don't even have to speak to them. They literally make my drink because I'm standing in line and hand it to me when I go to pay. Now, as we head into the fall, my normal fall drink is usually the pumpkin spice latte. But this fall, I need to tell you guys about the iced apple crisp. This This new drink is an iced apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Yum. Just let that sink in. Do you know how good this is? It's made with blonde espresso, creamy oat milk, and spiced apple flavors. Oh my God. You could sit back and you can enjoy all autumn long. So you guys have to try this and let me know what you think. And listen, order ahead on the Starbucks app. That's right. Order ahead before you get there on the Starbucks app and enjoy. What are you guys doing this Tuesday, September 12th at 8, 7 central. Don't make plans because the MTV Awards are live. That's right. This Tuesday, September 12th at 8, 7 central. Don't miss music's most iconic night. There's going to be unbelievable performances from all your favorites. Doja Cat, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Olivia Rodrigo, Tomorrow and Together, and so many more. I cannot wait. And, oh my God, I'm so excited. You can't miss Demi Lovato's six years in the making return to the VMA stage. Plus, this year's video vanguard, Shakira, will bring the house down with a career-spanning performance. And guess who's taking home the Global Icon Award? Diddy. But the party doesn't stop there. Who will take home the moon person for video of the year? Will it be Doja Cat, Nicki Minaj, Olivia Rodrigo, Sam Smith and Kim Petras, Taylor Swift, or my personal favorite, Miss Miley Cyrus? We'll find out soon because the MTV Music Awards are live this Tuesday, September 12th at 8, 7 Central. Watch on MTV. What do you feel? You know, there was so much, like, still, I think, in the below deck, like, history. Like, you know, people still, like, that was the season that people came for Sandy because of this decision to let Hannah go. Then people came for Malia. They're still not really over it. They still come for Sandy and Malia because of these, this thing that happened in the past. Like, Where do you feel about all of that? Like how Sandy handled it, the public coming for her and Malia, like what's your feeling on this whole thing? Um, I don't know. It's a real, it's a really tricky one because I wasn't there. And so I don't know the ins and outs of what actually went down. It's like, you know, we see, they've obviously had to edit it down a bit for TV, but I don't actually know what happened, you know. And um, I mean, I do think that it was pretty shady of Malia to take a photo of Han's medication and send it to Sandy. Like that's something that I would never do. Um, but it, in the same breath, I really do feel for her because I don't wish it upon anyone to have the public come for you like that. And I know that they've really you know, come for her. And I think that that must be such a hard thing to go through. Like, I know that she turned her comments off for a long time and was pretty quiet on the internet. And as you say, it's like what we were saying earlier with the, you're you're branded that as soon as you make a mistake. And I think that unfortunately that is something that's going to be the shadow over Malia and Sandy forevermore now. They're going to, that's what everyone will associate them with. And so, I mean, I wouldn't have done it, but Again, I wasn't actually there, so I can't say what actually what actually went on, you know? 
Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree. I think people are still talking about it. We've had many seasons of different franchises of below deck since, and somehow people, it, it's, it, yeah, the people keep going back to this. I think well, with Sandy and Malia. I think especially because Bravo is such a progressive um, network. It's like, you know, I think people were like, I think the biggest issue was people saying like, oh, like you're going to fire someone over medication that they're taking for their anxiety. And I, I can tell you, Hannah's anxiety is a real thing. I have seen her like throwing up, shaking, crying. It's a really serious thing that she has. And so, I don't know. I kind of understand people were people have been like, well, so you're going to get you're going to fire her for having medication for her anxiety because the thing is, I mean, technically, technically, I guess you should say what all of your medication is but so many you know most people don't ever bother actually going and logging it and you don't get fired for it right like in the real world i mean yeah, people are exactly. on all you know, sorts of I've, I've got adhd and so every now and then i don't take it every day but i do have ritalin which i take for it and like i've never i've never logged that with a captain Right. It's just, you don't think about it, right? It's like we all nah, have our medications. It's, just my, it's my personal medication. And I know that it's not interfering with my work. If anything, it's making me work better. And so you just, if it's, if it's something that's bettering you, you don't really feel like you're supposed to go and say something. Well, back in season four, you did have a boatman. So I know you're with someone now in the real world. Yep. We're, we're way past that. But, you know, as Chief Stew down under, like, how do you, how did, you know, we have season two coming up. Like, how do you handle, like, when your staff is involved in a boatman's? Oh, I'm, you know what, as long as it doesn't interfere with their work, I'm all for it. Our work is so hard and it can be very monotonous and a bit draining. And so I'm like, if you've got something there that's getting you a bit excited or you you walk past and you have a cheeky smile or a cheeky touch, I'm all for it. Make work fun. I mean, when I was with Jack doing season four, that that 100% made my season so much more fun. And I never let it interfere with my work, but it was just one of those things through the day. If we walked past and we had a quick peck or we had a little giggle about something, it just was that thing during all the mayhem and all the stress. It kind of was that little high that got you through the day. So I, I'm all for it. That's good. I mean, there seems to be plenty of them. I'm sure in the real world, as much as on Below Deck. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's the thing. Before I was even on Below Deck, before I even knew it was a thing, I always said, Yoda, someone needs to make this into a TV show because it's always like love triangles, cheating, drama. Like there's just so much drama in Yoda. You're getting a bunch of young single people that party all the time. And that don't often see anyone else in the real world because you're stuck on the boat all the time. You're putting them all in a group. Of course, shit's going to go down. Totally. What is Captain Jason like? Oh, my God. Amazing. I love him. He. I don't think I've ever had a captain like him. And the show's definitely never had a captain like him because he. he's very good at... He, he is an authority figure, like you very much respect him, but he comes to you from such a loving friendship kind of basis. And he does that with all the crew, like instead of, you know, when you go to 
Jason and maybe complain about something or there's an issue rather than going to that next person and reprimand and just straight reprimanding them and saying, you've done X, Y, Z, this is your punishment. He'll actually sit down with them and it's almost like he's a philosopher or a counselor and he'll be like, listen, I see you and I see why you're behaving this way. And maybe it's because of this. And it's, it's more like he comes to you as a counselor through with you and makes you feel really seen as a person that's a lot different than sandy style yeah and it's really nice because i think him doing that it actually makes you respect him so much more because he becomes almost like this friend father figure and you don't want to let when they go like that you don't want to let them down because they're your friend and so i feel like he actually gets people to work better for him because he's so understanding do you have a preference for working for Sandy or Jason? Well, probably Jason because he we do just work so well together. Like I love Sandy. I think she's a great captain. Um, but Jason, he's like a brother to me now. And he really is like my fourth stew. And he has my back to the to the bitter end, you know, like he oh he he respects me in my role, so he lets me run everything and he never questions my decisions, but he'll always be down there and he's like, what can I do for you? Can I take the rubbish out? Can I string these lights up? Like he's always there just helping me in any way he can. And I, that makes a real difference. Well, you said this current season of Below Deck, which you're watching on Galley Talk, it's so good. There's so much going on. Hmm. We have, you know, Captain Lee left because of his health. Oh, I know. Right? That was crazy. That was crazy. Well, how do you feel about that and Sandy replacing him? I mean, I didn't expect her to be the one to replace him. I never expected that. And I thought it was so cool because I don't think we've ever had a crossover like that before. Um, but I I don't know. It was, I thought it was so, it was such an epic twist. But I was, I kind of felt for Lee in a way because I was like, this will kill him. Like, I think he's such an old school salty sea dog kind of thing. Like, I think the fact that a younger woman captain is coming in to take over, I just feel like that would have crushed his ego. And I knew that walking off there, he would have been swearing under his breath. And yeah, I don't know. I knew, I feel like that would really affect him. And to be honest with, but I, to, I don't know. Part of me is like, I feel like he shouldn't have even started to come back for this season anyway, because he does have a lot of trouble walking. He is getting old. Um, and I, I just think it's always better to kind of leave on a high than trying to keep clawing on. And now he's had to leave in this way that would probably be quite embarrassing to him. And I mean, I assume he's done. He's done, right? Like, I don't think well, he's done. I would say so. I mean, the trouble that he's having walking, it's not its not a quick fix. I mean, I think he's going to get, I think he said he's getting an operation done on it. And, you know, and obviously I really hope that he has a full recovery, but it's not a quick fix. So I really don't see him coming back this season. Um, and if and if he keeps declining, yeah, I, I to be totally honest, I, I don't see him coming back, but I don't know. Anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him coming back to the franchise at all. No, That's... neither do I. Um, but, you know, he's been on there a long time. I feel like he's kind of had his time now. He's done a really good job. 
And you think he shouldn't have even come into this season, like, to start? No, because I just think, I, yeah, as I said, I just really think it's better to leave on a high. And he's been done, he's been doing such a good job. And he obviously knew that his legs weren't working very well. And, well, A, it, that's just really not safe for the crew. Like, I think from a safety point of view, he should never have come in. Because what if something happens and you can barely walk out of your cabin and you're supposed to be the captain who's, like, the head of safety um and then yeah and then B you know he's come on and now he's had to leave in 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 a way that doesn't you know it's not the ideal way to leave so I don't know I mean you've got 2020 vision with hindsight don't you I think ideally he he would have been better not to attempt the season but that's his that, that was his decision and final question, because then we're going to move on, because I have a lot of other things to ask you. And you think, I mean, like, obviously now, Captain Lee, like you said, if he knew it was Sandy that was replacing him, he probably would have been upset, you know, just because he yeah. is more old school, salty dog. And it's like a woman younger, like, well, he obviously knows now, like, how do you think he feels now knowing that it was Sandy? Probably gutted. <laughs> I would say I, I would, I would guess that he's not happy about it. But, you know, what can you do? Again, I, you know, I really like Lee. I think he's a great guy. But he did put himself in a situation where he would have known that he wasn't physically in a good place to do the season. So he, he kind of did it to himself and he has to take whatever comes with that. That's a good point. How do you think his crew, you know, that was working with him? Because listen, Captain Lee and Captain Sandy have very different styles. Captain Jason, too. How do you think, like, you look at, like, Frazier? How do you think he's going to adjust to Sandy? Do you think he's going to get along with her? No spoilers, but, you know, just knowing that there's such different styles. Like, how do you think this crew will adjust to Sandy's style? Um, you know what? I don't, I feel like they might struggle with it a bit at first because Captain Lee, he's like a wheelhouse warrior, you know, like he's kind of always just up in the bridge and people come to him, but he doesn't really go around and suss out the situation much. Um, again, possibly because of his walking, I'm not sure. Um, but Sandy loves to walk around the boat and check on everything and hit people up and maintain a really high standard. And so I think people, if they're not used to a captain coming around and checking your work, they might struggle with that. But if they do struggle with that, then they're not doing a good enough job. <laughs> That's true. As a chief stew, how do you feel about Frazier? I mean, he's a chief stew. Like, how, how do you feel he is? Like, he's a newer addition to the franchise. I mean, you know, he's been yeah. upgraded to the chief stew. How do you feel about him? I love him. Honestly, I think he is so well-spoken, so poised. Um, I do think he needs, it's the same as me with my first season. I think that he does need to be a little, like get a bit more of a backbone, be a bit more stern and put his foot down a bit. But again, it's a massive boat. He's dealing with so much space so you know just a lot of drama and stuff already and it's his first season so I think that he will he will get into that role but it just takes time to reflect and learn and get what you have to do I think those are all good points what about Chief Stews I mean she's no longer on the show but what about Kate Chastain how do you feel about her oh I love Kate I think she is so fucking funny she like some of the lines that she comes up with, I'm like, 
how do you think of that and say that with such a straight face like she is hilarious and I think that she was so so good for the show I think she was so great for the show I mean look she's pregnant we're gonna have a below deck baby yeah, on the way have no, you I think that she's awesome have you like do you keep in touch with her do you speak to her do you know her well in the real world I mean yeah well we don't we don't actually talk that often but you know she is a friend of mine because we did watch what happens live together oh it would have been like three years ago now uh and when we did that we, we met up and we had drinks beforehand and then had some more drinks after um hung out the next day I actually went to her apartment and the first thing that I did was knock over her tv and it smashed and she had to buy a new one and she was so nice about it she was so nice how did you knock over this tv so she was in this tiny apartment in New York uh and she had the, she had a t- it was you know the size it was one of those shoebox apartments she had her tv on one side but due to the lack of places you could plug it in, the cord kind of draped across the floor and plugged in on the other side into a wall. So the cord kind of came down about knee length. And I went in and I was just so excited and ran to the kitchen to go and pour a drink or something or use the bathroom or something like that. And I just, I just didn't see the cord and I walked straight into the cord. So that ripped the TV forward, fell straight forward, landed on the ground got this huge crack across it. And so she had to buy a new new TV. But she was just like, oh, that's fine. I've been meaning to buy a new one. So this is just like the universe telling me. I was like, how are you not mad at me? You're like, wait a second. I just broke your TV. Yeah. It's like truly there was not one moment where she was like had this cloud of annoyance on her face. She just thought it was hilarious. See, and people say that, like, Kate has resting bitch face, that she's not nice. Like, here's an example where she's, like, right? She's nice. Oh, she was lovely. And because when I did it, she's the one that reached out to me. And she was like, I'd love to, like, let's hang out. Let's get a drink. And uh, when I was waiting for her, I was, like, doing stuff on my phone. And then I looked up and she was doing this huge dance with an umbrella. And she was like, I've been dancing for you for so long and you haven't seen. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was on my phone. And she was just pure, pure delight. What about like the chefs, like either a chef that like you worked with or from watching the show, like who do you think is just, you know, someone you worked with or just from watching, like that's the the best chef that Below Deck has ever had. I mean, I have my own opinion. Oh my God. Ben, hands down. Ben is the best chef I have ever, ever worked with. He, the thing that's so good about Ben which is what chefs need to have, which is actually quite rare, is he can think on his feet and he does not get stressed about it. So say, for example, he's created a meal, he's done all these meals and we run it up to the table and you get it every, you know, naturally you end up getting a guest who's like, oh, actually, no, I don't like this or I don't eat this, even though they haven't mentioned it on their preference sheet. And I will take the plate and I run down to bed and I'm like, they don't like this. And he will not, he will not, get flustered in the slightest he'll just be like okay and then turn around bam 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 and suddenly creates this whole new meal in like 10 minutes from fucking nowhere and I just think that that's the most impressive skill you can have like I never saw him stressed he just whips up magic instantly wow yeah Speaking of, you know, Bravo and Kate and Ben and Bravo celebrities, you were at BravoCon this year. Yes. 
How was that? I mean, it seemed like you had a great time. It was amazing. I think it was one of the best weekends of my life. It was just so exciting. Like so many fans there. It was it was just really cool because the hotel that we were staying at, obviously everyone caught wind of the hotel that all the celebrities were staying at. And so every time we left the hotel, there's like security, velvet ropes, screaming fans, all of these like escalades or whatever just lined up to take people places. And it was kind of the first weekend that I really felt like this true celebrity, you know, it was so exciting. And then at BravoCon, like all the Bravo fans are just so full of love. And it just, you'd felt this energy at BravoCon of just pure love and excitement everywhere. It was a really nice environment. And then, yeah, I obviously got to meet a lot of other Bravo celebrities. And I don't really watch Bravo, I don't watch any TV really. I'm too I'm too restless to watch TV. Uh, and so I was meeting a lot of these people for the first time and everyone's so lovely. Who was like just somebody that stands out that you were just like blown away by how lovely they were? I really loved, and I've learned later that this is funny because I apparently they're not on good terms, um, but I really loved meeting Heather Gay and Whitney Rose. They, both of them just showed me so much love. I had such a good time. It felt like we were instantly besties. Um, and yeah, they were just really, really nice. And then Madison LaCroix, we, I also spent a lot of time with her and she was very kind to me. And so many people I asked that question to say Heather Gay was like their favorite she's, person they met. Yeah, she's got such a fun energy and just no, no sort of um, cockiness or ego, just very down to earth. Did you hang out with her and Whitney together? Yeah, I did actually. And I didn't realize that there was anything going on until afterwards. So they hit it. They hit it well. These housewives, they're professionals. Yeah. What about, you know, listen, Captain Jason is single. Heather is single. I mean, you you like Heather. You know Captain Jason. Maybe no. you should make a love match here. That would never happen. She's so not his type. Captain likes, he likes the happy island island style diving. Like he loves girls that are into like yoga and diving and breath work and one with nature like it's just the housewives thing is so not his thing it's not his thing did you meet anyone at BravoCon that was the opposite that just kind of you know you tried to be nice they they snubbed you they were like who are you you know I mean you hear a lot of people have these stories after BravoCon really no I feel like everyone was very open and forthcoming and kind were you shocked at like the fandom I mean like you've been to watch what happens but you know you're right like BravoCon takes it to a whole new level the hotel the velvet robes the escalades the fan like were you just shocked at like how deep the fandom for Bravo runs Oh gosh, yes. Like it's insane. Like people were just shaking and crying and so excited it looked like they were just gonna explode. And I mean, like at one point I was I went out to the crowd. Um, I had some security with me and we went out to the crowd because I wanted to take photos and it was literally like 
five sec we had they, they told people to line up and it was like five seconds per, per per photo it was literally hi smile okay thanks hi smile okay thanks and the line I was out there for two and a half hours and the line just didn't end and in the end I felt like I was going to faint because I was so stimulated that I said I said to security like can you please get me out of here now like I need to sit down and eat something but it was just I couldn't believe how many fans we have it's amazing it is. I mean, why do you think, I mean, Below Deck as a franchise, it's like, it really is some of the highest rated shows on Bravo. Like, yeah. what do you think it is about Below Deck that just people have stayed with for all these seasons that they can't get enough of? I think, truly, I believe it's because it's so relatable. Because at the end of the day, we're just regular people doing service work. And that's something that the public can actually relate to. They can't really relate to... I mean, obviously the housewives are so popular and people love to watch the drama, but not many people can relate to that kind of money and that kind of lifestyle. Whereas when they're watching us on the boat and we're, we've got picky customers or there's love triangles or all these things, it's like every most regular Americans or anyone watching it, they're like, oh yeah, that's like what I experience at work and I have to deal with that at work. And I think that that's why. And then you add to that... Um, travel and beautiful views and how a boat works and there's kind of just something that's in it for everyone I think so too speaking of you know talk to me I mentioned your boat manse earlier but that you're far from there talk to me about this new man in your life tell us about him yes so not so new now it's been about three years now um so Scott he is just so wonderful I love him so much like he's definitely my one um and so we and this we originally met at we went to high school together but we weren't friends we weren't even really friends we were acquaintances we'd say hi when we walked past each other I actually went to his 18th birthday and didn't even know that it was his 18th didn't even say hi to him I was there with some other guys so we were very much just acquaintances but we'd always followed each other on Instagram since and he was really good at keeping it like anyone that came to the States from New Zealand, he'd, he'd always asked to catch up because um, not that many Kiwis go to the States. And so he did that for me. I was flying out at the time, um, but we, we just kept on talking and kept on talking. And after about four months of messaging back and forth, we ended up messaging every day. We clearly had something there. And so I just said to him, hey, why don't I come over and see you for a couple of weeks? So I did. We had our first kiss at the airport and we just hit it off and the rest is history. Did you know that you went to his 18th birthday? Like, did you remember that? Like when you reconnected? I remembered I remembered the party, but I didn't really realize that it was his because I remember the party because at that party, it was just after I found out that the guy that I was dating at the time had slept with another girl that I knew. And so, and then I, so I'd kind of found out about that and was all upset. And then I showed up to the party and they were there together. And it was the first time that I'd seen them together. So I was like on the driveway crying and it was, you know, and then one of my friends was crying about someone else. And it wasn't until much later when we reconnected, I was like, oh my gosh, was that your party? <laughs> and it's just, that's why I love, I love being with him when we're primarily based in the States because we're from the same town. We know all the same people. And it's so nice having that familiar when we're so far away from home. 
did he, did he, I mean, obviously you guys talked on Instagram for a while. Did he like understand like what a big deal below deck was? Like, has he gone back and watched now, now that you guys are together? Does he watch the show? Yeah. Well, so when we first got, when we first started talking for like most of the time, he didn't actually know about the show or that I was on a show or anything like that. And it wasn't until his sister, I think, I think I'd liked one of Scott's photos or something and his sister's friend messaged his sister being like, oh my gosh, I just saw Aisha liked one of Scott's posts. Like, how do they know each other? Why is she liking his photos? And then Brooke messages Scott being like, oh my gosh, like, how do you know Aisha? Right. And Scott's like, what do you mean? Why, what do you mean? Why do I know Aisha? And then she explained the show and everything. And that was when he first learned that I was even on this show um and since then he's not watching season four we both agreed that it was better he didn't watch that season but he's watched it since season five uh and he is so supportive and so amazing like he's really he really because I want I want a career in tv I want to move into hosting and eventually and he always has, has said to me, like, that's your priority. You need to put that first. Like, don't worry about me. Anything that comes up, go and do it. Smash it. And he's just so behind me. It's really lovely. And I mean, well, that's that's the right person to date, right? Yeah. Why didn't you want him to watch season four? Just because of the whole boatman's Yeah, it just doesn't seem necessary. You know, like, most of the season is Jack and I canoodling and kissing and things like that and you know obviously we're very open with we've obviously had ex-lovers and we don't feel weird when we talk about it and like I've met his exes and we're very like very comfortable with all of that but you even though we're comfortable with it it's like you don't need to sit and actually watch it happen you know no one wants to watch that (laughs) that makes a lot of sense no one wants to watch that I mean, That's, I like. I don't care. We. I know. I'm very comfortable with his exes, but I don't need to sit and watch a video of them kissing. You know. <laughs> no. How is it? I mean, it sounds like he's really supportive, but like, how do you? How do you guys manage? Like, you know, long distance. Like, you are. This is the life. Like, you know, until you transition, maybe full time into hosting or TV. Like, you're you're away a lot. How do you guys oh, handle that? So much. I'm a, like, I think that we probably spend not in one go, but we probably spend about six months of the year apart. And luckily, I mean, we have so much trust and we're so stable and we are quite independent people anyway. So I think that we manage much better than most couples long distance. You know, we just, and I mean, we don't even call that much. We'll message every day and stuff and maybe call a couple times a week. But we're just so comfortable in our relationship that it's like we don't need to be keeping tabs on each other constantly. Um, but we we do feel that this year and moving forward, we are trying to consciously reduce the amount of time that we're together. Um, and so I think what we want to do, because he usually manages a bar in Breckenridge, And so I think what we want to do is just kind of have him come with me to more of my things and he can just go flying or kind of keep himself busy. But if he can just like travel, we can get ourselves to a position financially where he can travel with me more Then that would be really ideal. That makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. you, you mentioned that he's the one you've known him since high school, three years of dating, like, you know, might we be having an engagement soon? 
well I think so I mean I can't I, I it's so funny because you know we talk about marriage all the time and he will propose at some point but I'm so sentimental and I want it to be such a surprise that I'm like don't you dare give me any inclination as to like when you might pop the question, you know? So um, it's coming at some point. I would, uh, if I had to guess, I would say sometime in the next year, but um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? The pressure's on though, because it's got to be a surprise. And I always, he's like, it's so hard with you because you love surprises, but you always figure them out. And so he's got to be really sneaky about it. Like if you find yourself at some romantic setting, I guess that's not the place to do it, right? You want to be totally well, surprised. You know, that's the, well, that's the thing because we do so much travel together and we're, we're always going to these beautiful vistas and he's got a really nice camera. So he'll always set it up and like put on self-time or we'll get a nice photo together. And it, it's kind of at the point now where sometimes he'll do that and we're like getting the photo and my heart beats a little bit faster because I'm like, is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? And so- <laughs> And so I think it's quite good that we're always in these situations together because I don't know, it, it really just could be any time. Well, hopefully next, you know, in the next year, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Have you watched Triangle of Sadness as a Yachty? Do you know that movie? No, and I want to so badly. I've been told about it so much and I've watched the trailer. I actually was just trying to watch it a couple of nights ago, but we didn't have the right platform to watch it on. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, a, it's great. You got to watch it. Oh, amazing. You would love it. What is, I mean, you know, there's, there's it's just an interesting dynamic between like the haves and have not, so to speak, and like just retaliation and just how well, some of these charter guests are so awful and just, it's, I think you would love it. Just, I mean, you're in the industry, so I think yeah. you would really love it. What is like, yeah. you know, we've seen so much on Below Deck, but just what is something like that stands out as like the worst thing that like a charter guest or the most high maintenance thing someone has asked for? Um, You know what? People ask me this question a lot and it's so hard for me to pick one because I've been in the industry for so long with so many demands that I actually don't view anything as too much. It's just all like, oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, whatever they ask for, you just make it happen and you just can't let it phase you. But I think the thing that I find the most annoying is when people ask for um be like beach picnics, but if they want it at a really specific location, like when we did season four and they we did the picnic for them at the top of fucking is so it's like we literally had to walk tables chairs drinks every like food everything walk it up a mountain to serve these people and it was like uh, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit but it would have been about 35 degrees Celsius like stinking hot and it's those situations where you're like what is my life I'm lugging all the shit like a donkey up a hill. It's so, it's just, but you know what? I just, what I do is I always flip it in my mind and I'm like, I remember when I was doing that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a good workout. Like I'm paid to do a workout. So then I was just like, yeah, gym session. And there's always some way you can spin it to be a positive. You're just so happy. Like, aren't you ever in a bad <laughs> mood? Like, I mean, aren't you? I Not mean- really. <laughs> Wow. Luckily, very rarely. Go with that. Just go with that, right? Like, <laughs> let's not question that. That's a good thing. 
And there's, wow. yeah, well, so many people ask me, they're like, how are you so happy all the time? How are you so positive? And I'm like, I, I, it's hard to pinpoint what it is. I just am. Wow. Well, listen, that's not a bad thing, right? Especially in the industry you're in. I mean, TV yep. and yachting. As we wrap up, like, have you ever been on a charter where there's been like, you know, like a Beyonce or someone like uber famous? And like, are you the type that gets starstruck? Have I? Oh, I, the most famous person I had was I had um, Leonardo DiCaprio on and he was, it, and it was, he came on with Ethan, is it Ethan Duplee? Is that Ethan Dupree? He's off without a paddle and Naomi Campbell. Um, it was like a bunch of them came on. But no, I don't really get starstruck because I'm so committed to being professional that I'm like, it's just another person, just serve them like a guest. And that was really exciting though because we had paparazzi boats following us and chasing us. And we we were on a Mangusta, which is a really fast super yacht. Um, and so the captain was kind of, hooning around and doing all these like crazy maneuvers trying to get away from the paparazzi and spray them with water and in the end leo was like take me to my friend's yacht and i'll go on there because it's easier to hide it was a bigger one so it was easier to hide out and so we raced over there and kind of went stern too and i was having to hold pillows in front of his face as he walked so they couldn't get photos of him and i remember it came out in the magazines and you could just see my legs behind these pillows and i was like oh my god i got my legs in a magazine <laughs> it was so exciting that 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 is interesting so there was like a whole nother boat of paparazzi that were like following you guys the whole time oh there was like five boats they were they were, they were in like little speed boats trying to race around and get different angles of them and then what he, he went from like one boat to the next you like came like stern to stern or whatever you just said yeah. whatever terms wow yeah, yeah. And he and he just like jumped across and we were all just like holding pillows and just doing whatever we could to hide his face because he didn't want to be seen. And he just yeah jumped across and ran straight into the salon and just hid out. How was Leonardo DiCaprio and Naomi Campbell as like? So Leonardo is the most articulate person I have ever met. Like, I can't say what, why he was on, like what the meeting was about, why he was using the boat, but I was serving and kind of naturally ended up hearing a lot of what they were saying. And he's just so articulate. It's like he, every single thing that he says, you know, that he has intended to say it. He doesn't add extra words or stutter or say, um, it's, Every sentence is so precise and well said and so kind, super down to earth. And then Naomi Campbell, I didn't realize until afterwards that she's got a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a bitch, but she was lovely. She actually was very shy. She was really quiet, really shy, didn't really say much. Interesting. Oh, and yeah, and he was on with, oh, that was when he had his girlfriend, um, the the what's that movie she was in running across a beach rawback um yes. I, can't remember, I can't remember her name but he had this girlfriend on that was on the um baywatch movie and she was also so lovely very normal wow anything else you want to cover thank you for answering all my questions as we wrap up i like to give people a chance at the end everyone needs to watch you on galley talk it's such a good idea like you said i mean what a great gig to just watch tv and eat and drink and break down below deck from people that know the inside and out of it 
Yeah, it was amazing. It's such a cool thing to do. Um, but then also, yes, please watch Galley Talk and then please everyone tune in to season two of Down Under. I know that I'm biased, but even from an unbiased point of view, I honestly think this is going to be, if not the best, one of the best seasons of all the Below Decks ever. It's so good. Why? Why do you say that? And how is season two of um, Down Under different than season one? I just feel like season one, it was good. Like, obviously, it was very good, but not, I feel like there, there was a bit of drama but there were no romances. There were no, I don't know. I feel like it was entertaining to watch, but not a whole heap happened. But in season two, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to give anything away. But a lot happens. There's huge ups and huge downs, lots of twists and turns. Uh, I think there'll be quite a few episodes that really shock the viewers. I was shocked filming it. So it's just going to be so juicy. Wow. And you think it's like the the best season ever out of any below deck? Serious. Yeah, wow. seriously, it's going to be epic. I think there'll be a lot of people talking about it. It's such a great addition to the franchise. It's so great. So I think oh, everyone needs it's 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 phenomenal. So thank you so much for doing this. I've wanted to talk to you for a while. You know, you really are everyone's favorite. You're a fan favorite. So, you know, thank you for taking an hour thank of your you. life and chatting with me. And I will definitely keep you posted when this is coming out. Thank you. That's so kind of you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.